Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 1 Samuel. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. Well, let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 28. You might recall where we left off in our our recent study uh, going through chapter 27, and we kind of learned some interesting things about trusting our own hearts or trusting our own counsel that we might receive. There are some very significant things in that last study, uh, and we touched on some of that. Even again, it kind of came up on a the flip side of that, of actually relying on the Lord and the benefit of relying on God and, and trusting God at his word, but not trusting our own minds or our own thoughts. So two different things, and, and we found out some significant end results. We saw in chapter 27 how uh, David ends up going down and um, really being kind of connected up with Achish, and uh, he gets kind of this one area of Ziklag that's entrusted to him, and and uh, he lives there, and then Achish ultimately, because he's kind of befriended him, supposedly, uh, and it's somewhat, in a sense, a backslidden place where David has kind of slipped back from this full commitment to the things of the Lord, and we kind of saw how that played out. Really dangerous things happened. Ultimately, we found out at the latter part of it is, uh, hey, David, Achish says, you know, we're going to go to battle, and we're going to battle up against your own people, and the danger of what that represented. Very interesting because all of a sudden, uh, that's what the enemy does. Gets us kind of to compromise on a few things. Everything seems kind of okay. We think we're having a good time. Next thing we know, though, we're in a dangerous spot because the enemy thinks just kind of brings us into his ideas and his agenda. It's just super dangerous ground. We talked about that. Let's begin in verse 3 of chapter 28. As we get into this new, this other area, it's kind of a, okay, so... David's in this spot, but where's Saul at? So we're kind of, we're watching this play out. This is what's going on with David. Now we're back over what's happening with Saul. You know, and this is, we're not far from concluding what's going on with Saul. We're getting closer and closer and closer to kind of wrapping up things with him. But what's happening now is very interesting. Saul uh, is going to go and get involved with this witch of Endor. And so we're going to talk about familiar spirits and this type of thing and, and how important it is that we're watchful and we're aware of what we're involved in or other people are involved in around us, our families, uh, our homes, how cautious we need to be about the things that we kind of connect with and, and the reason for that. Now, Samuel had died. You remember Samuel the prophet had has, uh, died and all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah in his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the spiritists out of the land. So, all the witches, all the you know, uh, people that were caught up in, in that type of occultic activity, let's just use that term, occultic activity, all the people that were caught up in all that stuff, he's gotten rid of them. And, and so they're kind of banished, really, from their activity or from anything like that. So they're, they're, they're pulled out of the, the, the scene, supposedly. And then the Philistines now, though, they're gathering... Uh, together, and they came and encamped at Shunem. And so Saul gathered all Israel together, and they encamped at Gilboa. And so there's this 
polarizing event starting to take place. There's this battle that's going to happen. It's an inevitable situation. There's going to be warfare between the Philistines and the nation Israel. This is going to happen. Now, as we kind of get into this, you got to start noticing what's happening with it. As, as we watch this play out, Saul has allowed them to become very entrenched in the land. The Philistines are, are and the enemy is very entrenched in the land. And they're, they've got a lot of strongholds. They're very able to be very aggressive and potentially subdue Saul and the whole nation. This is not what we want to see happen, not what should be happening, not what God's intent was, but it's what's happening. We'll talk about why that's happening in just a minute. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. He's really pretty freaked out about what's going on. Now, again, they've conquered and had great control over the land, seemingly. But now something's happened. Now, if we took this as a spiritual matter for us, which it's spiritual for Saul too, no doubt, because he's supposed to be king of God's people, right? Ruling over God's people. But what about us? What about our lives and, you know, the ground that God has given us back to us in our lives? The areas that we have had victory, you know, the things that God's helped us with in our journey with the Lord. How important is that we stay, how do we stand that ground? How do we keep that ground? Because the enemy is constantly wanting to take back what you've gained in your walk with the Lord. He doesn't care about what you've gained in your walk with the Lord. He wants, he came to rob, kill, and destroy. He'll do anything to regain that. You understand, he has taken what's not rightfully his, even in his kind of worldly control, so to speak. He's taken what's not his. He did it by deception in the garden and took what was never meant for him to have anyway. Satan took it. And so he's taken it. He's not, he's the ruler of this age, the Bible says. He's the prince, the power of the air. You know, there's no doubt we understand that he has some limited control of the world today. But what about when he's got this? This is what the Bible says when it talks about um, that we're to storm the gates of hell. You know, that the the gates of hell shall not prevail. See, this is ground that we as believers in Christ are to take back that ground. I dare say we're on fragile territory in this world in which we live right now as believers. If you think seriously we're having much of an impact on our world today, I, I think we should rethink that a little bit. Generally speaking, the witness of a believer stinks. Oh, that's just all offensive. Well, maybe, but it's really the truth. Generally speaking, that may not be you, but generally speaking around the world today, the witness, the real testimony of who God is, is, is and, and the real witness of it, it's weak at best. That's not because God's not strong. That's not because God doesn't want to move. That's not because God can't move. That's determinant on us as individuals. This is why I pray every day, God, please, I'm praying for revival, for lives that are revived. I pray for it for my own heart. And I pray for it for our fellowship. I pray for it for our city. I pray for our metropolitan area. I pray for it for your neighborhood and my neighborhood. Seriously, that thing that happened this last weekend, of the type of appalling killings, murders that went on this weekend, three people, murdered in Midtown area, execution style. That should trouble us greatly. 
as Christians. That should, hey, that should trouble us as human beings, really, just as people, I think that should trouble us. But it should trouble us as Christians that that's happening within 15 minutes, 20 minutes of where you live and where I live. That, that, should, that should be something that should be troubling to me and to you. And, and we should be concerned about, man, what is going on? What, this is horrific. They're not clear what it was all about. They don't know whether this was really a, a drug. They, they, no one's clear about exactly what happened. But they're killed, murdered, execution style. And the cops thought it was horrific. KCMO sees everything, so I doubt you know, much is shocking to them. But if they're saying it's horrific, I'm figuring it's really horrific to my mind. That's just the way I would gauge it myself. I'm just saying the battle is raging on. I'm going to get to a point in this in about two minutes. And you'll see how devastating this is in just about maybe more than two, but within a five. How's that? So Saul is really afraid and his heart trembled greatly. He sees his circumstances that he's in and he's really concerned about it. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him either by dreams. There was no vision in a dream, nothing like that, nor by the Urim and Thummim, you remember, uh, uh, lights and perfections, you know, this way of trying to determine the Lord's will through the ephod. And you, you remember that whole thing that we've talked about this and studied that before, but and nothing was coming through any prophets. God was not speaking through the prophets. He wasn't speaking through the likes and perfections. He wasn't speaking through any kind of dreams. God, it was just silent. Nothing. Not hearing anything. He's freaked out about what's happening because he knows the enemy is on his doorstep. One of the things is the enemy has been gradually taking ground. The enemy's been slowly but surely taking ground. There's a couple things. One, Saul went his own way and got distant from God, right? So that he, he was disobedient from the things of the Lord. Therein lies a big part of it, right? He got distant from the things of God, and so therefore, the ground was starting to be taken, right? That's for sure. That's one part of it. But the other thing that's interesting is as the ground was being taken, one of the biggest issues was Saul was fighting with the wrong enemy. That's really the core issue. So, this is why you will find Pastor Jim's not a real generally argumentative fellow. I don't need to be right. I generally could care less because I know who is right. God's right. This is the thing. In Christianity today, there is too much going on where people are too engaged in worrying about what other Christians are believing or doing or thinking or any of that stuff than they are about their own walk with Jesus Christ and just pleasing the Lord. Therein lies a big issue. In other words, what I'm saying is there's, I catch it, I watch it, I see what's happening over and over again with all of the stuff. There's this issue. This is why I don't make a big deal about people want, well, you know, so what do you really think, Pastor Jim, about eternal security? 
What's really your position on eternal? Well, I'm eternally secure. That's my position. What's your position? Why? Because I fully believe in the blood, the atonement of the blood of Jesus Christ on my, of the sins of my life. Yeah, but do you believe, what do you believe about this? Okay, I know, I, you see, the thing is, I know what they're asking me, but they want me to have an argument that I'm not going to have. You see, my concern is that three people lost their lives up in Midtown, uselessly. They were murdered for nothing. Life was gone. It's, it's, it's exhausted. It's over. Because other people took it upon themselves to take someone else's life. And that, I'm giving you this weekend's news, okay? That wasn't last night's news. That was this weekend's news, this past weekend. And I dare say something's going to go on this next weekend and something's going to go on the next weekend. And the ne but the point is, is what is really happening? I know you and I aren't going to fight off and get rid of all the evil that's in the earth. I, I know that. But the thing is, is what are we doing about our little section of something, you know, in our ground? Are we spending our time more trying to debate with other Christians theological things that really, really, really probably aren't going to affect the eternal well-being? Now, I'll go direct head-to-head -head with, I do not agree with Rob Bell and his theory on, you know, eternity and stuff. I believe there's a literal heaven and a literal hell. Because Jesus taught that. That's why I believe it. Because God's word says that. That's why I believe it. I could care less what my mind might conjure up or think. I believe it because that's what the Bible teaches, and that's what I'm going to stand on. I'm not going to trust my mind. I'm not going to trust his mind or anybody else's mind. I'm going to trust God. Period. It's an end. It's a done deal for me. So everybody else can spend their, all their time in Christian journey arguing and debating and discussing these kind of issues for what benefit? I'll tell you what, the thing that happens is, is other people are watching Christians battle over these discussions. They're watching this happen in their workplace. They're watching this happen in, in, with neighbors. They're watching this happen when they're at the grocery store. They're watching this go on. They're observing people disputing needlessly. That's my opinion. It's needless. Because the real issue is we are not enemies of one another. Now, if someone's going to go, you know, want to say, hey, you know, the atonement, the blood of Christ, really, it's, it's not just Jesus, you know, you can accept Jesus as your Savior, but you need to do this, 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 and this. Okay, I'm going to go head to head with them on that. That's, that's a battle worth fighting because it's, it's rocking, it's going against the core of the essentials of what you and I believe. Do you know your essentials in Christianity? You and I should know our essentials. There are non-negotiables for us as Christians. There are absolutely non-negotiables, and we should be certain about what those non-negotiables are. Now, the other things that are kind of the negotiables, <laughs> if you're willing, I can't worry about that. Now, I believe there are certain very big dangers with certain types of theological positions, only because I think when they're carried out philosophically, carried out in thought to a conclusion and a life conclusion, it can be less advantageous than other positions of, of conviction. That's it. But if you look, the deal is this. If you're getting in to everlasting life, you're a born again. You believe in Jesus Christ. You have everlasting life as yours. 
I just need to, as a pastor, love you, feed the word of God, and, and that's it. But on an evangelistic side, the flip side of part of who, where I, I live in my mind and my heart and my life is that I don't need to be so concerned about some of the little idiosyncrasies of, of certain theological positions and stuff because we've got a whole planet of people that don't know Jesus Christ and are perishing. They're leaving the planet without the Lord. That's the real battle. You see what I'm saying? When you look at this situation with Saul, Saul was spending all his time fighting with David, who's one of his own countrymen. He spent all his time fighting with the wrong people. We've got to, as Christians, we, you know what? I think if we, even though we aren't this big giant group or anything, but if we started setting that precedent, we'd be way ahead of it. Do I agree with all of the stuff that goes on all, even all around me? No. And if you ask me pointed questions, I will probably answer you directly. Basically. There's times where I'll be more polite about it. There's times where I will be less polite about it. But generally speaking, I'll answer you fairly directly. But this, the pulpit isn't the place for all that. What I think about this group or what I think about that group, or what I think, that, this isn't the place for that. that, that's, not, that that's not what this is, is about. This is about a place to dispense the word of God, life-changing word. If that's one thing it's about. And it's about a place of sharing the hope of salvation through the good news of who Jesus Christ is. That's what it's about. And, and the real warfare that we're engaged in is not with one another. That's not where it should be. It should be with the real enemy, Satan, the accuser of the brethren, the one who wants to rob, kill, and destroy, the one who wants to ruin the best of your marriages, the one who does not care how great you think anything is in your life. The one who wants to steal your kids from you. Their salvation. Their knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, they can walk away from the Lord. We can all walk around thinking, we're all, oh, we got that all figured, it's all secure. Oh, no. And I'll ask you, are they really walking with the Lord? Or do you just think they're walking with the Lord? Are they really walking with Jesus? What does that really mean? Do we model that? Do we, do we show that by our love and our lives and... You know, what's really happening in Christianity? We should be concerned with the real deal more than we, I'm, I'm much more concerned with that I want to walk in that than I am worried about. And am I leading by example? Is that happening? Is that real in my life? Am I willing to repent? You see, Saul left all of those things to fight against David, his own countryman, who is going to be his successor. Who's going to win in that? God is going to stand up victorious in this because it's, it, Saul is ultimately going against the one. It's, just, it's a losing battle, isn't it? And what has happened? Now the Philistines have taken all this ground in the meantime. Think with me. You think those Philistines weren't yucking it up? I'm telling you, there's some powerful, influential people in our world today they think they've got a lot of things really figured out. And when it's all going to be said and done, when it's all done, Satan is going to laugh in their faces. I don't, I, do you like, none of us like being laughed at. None of us like that. That's, that's offensive. 
None of us like that. And I'm telling you, that's what a big part of, it, of the arrival is going to be. Gotcha. Very smug. Laughing in your face. Got you. You believed every lie I told you. Sucker. It'll be right up in your grill. Guarantee it. And to me, that's just not funny stuff, man. That's really, really offensive. I wish that for nobody. The deal is this. Saul spent all his time, and this is a lesson we could learn from, he spent all his time fighting the wrong battle. What battles are you fighting? What wars are you choosing to engage in? What are the real things that really matter? We have to learn to discern, hey, let's not major in the minor issues. Let's deal with the big things as big things and let the other things work themselves out. You see, I'm really not a fireman. I'm not a fireman. A lot of times people think that's what pastors are supposed to do. You're supposed to run around and put out everybody's little fires. I'm not a fireman. Hey, man, you got that kind of problem. It'll, that fire will burn itself out. I just don't worry about it. It'll just, it'll just burn, burn, burn until there's just no more fuel. I'm not going to throw any more fuel on that. That'll burn until it's just burned out. Done. Not for me to worry about. I won't engage in some of that stuff. You see, this is what I'm saying is, it's not because we as Christians a lot of times don't get what some of these other things are, these big, but why engage? That is a trick of Satan to get lost in that debate, that issue over here, while all these other people are going to perish. He's gaining ground because he's deceived us to get engaged in the wrong battle. You get where I'm going with all that? You get where God's going with all that? You see the, the end result of it? It's destructive. There's nothing good comes from it. Saul is distraught as he sees his circumstances such as they are. So you can kind of see this situation. And, but then on top of this, it leads to an inquiry with a satanic force. It's bad. Now Saul is so caught up in this stuff, he's going to, it was bad enough David consulted with himself. That ultimately had demonic, you know, his, he's going to get wicked counsel. He's going to get, you know, uh, deceptive thinking. You know, okay, we saw that with David. But now Saul's going directly to demonic forces to get insight and direction. Horrible situation. Saul said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium. That's not a size. That's someone that's a... <laughs> That's a spiritist. Then I may go to her and inquire of her. And as some of you just caught on, that's good. And his servant said to him, in fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. Thank you so much uh, for listening today. This is Pastor Jim, and I'm really blessed that you've tuned in, and I, I hope that uh, God's really doing a, a fresh new work in your life. And oftentimes, uh, when we hear messages like today's message, the Lord starts to tug on our hearts, and, and he, he wants to hear from us. He wants our response, and that's just a prayer, a simple prayer of faith. And maybe you just need to get right with God. Maybe you need to repent and turn your life back over to the Lord. Maybe you just need to give your life to Jesus, and you've never done that before. This is your time. This is your opportunity. God's word goes out. And he's making himself known, and he wants you to live and have everlasting life. 
incline your ear and come to him. And so Jesus is calling out to you, and it's your opportunity to respond and call back to him and just open that door in your heart. It's a simple response in prayer. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. If you just pray this simple prayer of faith, God will come into your life and make your heart his home. Jesus, I ask that you would do just that. Make my heart your home, that you would come in and forgive me of my sin. I want to ask you to be my personal Lord and Savior. I know this isn't about religion. It's about a relationship, and I want to start that relationship. You're calling out to me. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I'm in need of spiritual help, and so I'm calling out to you, God, asking that you would help me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making yourself known to me, and Lord, I just want to receive that gift of everlasting life. I want to thank you for it right now, and I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. And if you're social media savvy, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash calvarychapelkc. Also, Living Fountains podcasts are available in the iTunes store now, and you can download them at no cost. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings. The service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com or you can simply contact the church office at 913-681-1635. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains.